What's up, RSL Nation? It's your boys, Adele and the Baker, coming at you with another episode of Scarf Life. How you doing, Adele? Da-na-na, da-na-na. I was listening yeah. to some old episodes the other day just to see how much our quality of sound has gone to the crapper. It's okay. It's coming back up. It's not as good as it used to be. But man, we had some good episodes back in the days. I was going through like, I was even going through some off-season episodes like late November, early to mid-December. We sounded good, man. We sounded good. And that's what I wanted to say. I'm doing good. It yeah. is, we can tell the people. It's Saturday. It's Saturday, July the 25th. We are two days away from two days, right? We're playing on Monday night. Family We're playing Monday, Monday yeah. Correctly. Yep. So I'm very much looking forward to... I, I've been excited about RSL soccer being back since it was back a couple of weeks ago. And every single match we had felt important. I mean, we got to play SKC. We got to play Colorado. And I'm not sure if you would call that a game, but we were on the same field as Minnesota for 90 right. minutes at one point. <laughs> yes. They were and in their half of the field. We were in our half of the field. And we just, was, just left it, was, it at that. <laughs> there were definitely 22 men on the field. And a ball was in play for a majority of those 90 minutes. Right. Um, and now I'm super excited for this knockout round. Uh, I'm really getting excited about this tournament. I'm just happy. I couldn't even imagine ourselves not moving forward. And now we're sitting on the sidelines for another set of weeks, hoping, praying that we get back in action at some point. So that was a long way of saying I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Baker? Yeah, man, it's good. We've been kind of trying to record this episode for a couple days now. Like basically since we found out it was San Jose, we've been meaning to do a do a podcast about San Jose, but, uh, you know, pine, pine beer day, as I like to call it, uh, stole some of the weekend. And then this whole life thing stole some of the weekend and, you know, believe it or not, we are actually slightly busy individuals. So can't always get around to it, but here we are. Um, hopefully people can tune in before the Monday, uh, 6 30 PM knockoff, uh, knock kickoff, <laughs> knockoff, kickoff. And, uh, yeah, and see how we wax poetic. I mean, I, it should I, be interesting. It should be fun. It, it it's a high pressure game. It's it's win or go home. It's it's standard MLS playoffs. I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's before we get into that game on Monday, let's just spend a few minutes talking about that last game against SKC because I knew that when as soon as you and I both had the same score prediction and both of us predicted us winning, it was not going to happen. Never works out that way. So we wake up on that dreadful what was it thursday morning wednesday morning um last week yeah i can't remember 7 a.m kickoff yada 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 and i mean i'm watching this thing on my espn app Mm. and that thing is always 30 to 45 seconds delayed from just a regular feed on espn but uh screw it it's better picture when it actually works i have not i've literally not even had a sip of my coffee and we're down just down yeah, yeah, that was that not. That was so terrible. That was not a good start. Was it fifty seconds or something? Yeah, it was like sub sub minute. Um, you know, and of course it was. Uh, you know, I feel like we kind of called it a little bit on the podcast the the night before. Uh, Johnny Russell assisted by Alan Polito. So, yeah. you know, we, we dedicated most of that episode to talking about DPS, and here it was one minute in and i don't know i don't know if it's you know us putting it in the universe i don't know if it was like well who else is going to score for those guys 
you know, I don't know what it, you know, what, what it represents by us being quote unquote, right. But literally sub sub one minute, Johnny Russell scores off of an assist by Alan Polito. And like, I don't know, man, it, it's the type of goal where I think I watched that thing like five different times. And every time there's somebody else who could have like cleared it. Like Holt had a chance, you know, Baird had a chance. Glad had it. Like that ball should have been cleared three or four, you know, touches before it ever makes it to Johnny Russell. They fell asleep, man. They fell asleep. Or maybe better analogy is they never woke up. Right. That's what that felt like. They never woke up and... And I didn't ever woke up, but I sure as hell got woke after that. It, it was just a bad start. And yeah, you're right. We were talking about that quite a bit. We were talking about the 9 a.m. kickoff local time, meaning local in Florida, and how that's going to play a factor. Sure as heck did, right? We're talking about the DPs and putting them away. Sure as heck did, right? right. Um, I, I can't even complain too much about the lineup. I know you had one lineup issue because from my perspective and look may, maybe maybe I was under caffeinated maybe I didn't see the whole thing from my perspective RSL was the better team over 90 minutes yeah I think I would I would probably agree with that especially that first half so that those first 45 minutes other than that first five minutes of soccer RSL was the better team but mm-hmm. they didn't they all like they do themselves this this service by just turning their brains off you know, for, you know, however long they turn their brains off. And and now all of a sudden you're playing catch up. Like, like you can be the better team, but you're starting off from a position of, you know, of difficulty. You, you've created this, uh, you've created this environment where now, despite the fact that you are a better team at on the final, most ultimate metric, you're not, that's yeah. the problem. And then, no, you're absolutely right, because multiple times throughout the game, I would say 15, 20 minutes into the game, I was kind of forgetting that we got scored on. Right. Because it was so early, it almost didn't seem real. And I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to give it to them this game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're going to shut them out. They can't even score. They can't get the ball. Then I have to look up to the top left corner like, ah, crap. Right, they right. Did. And so then. Depressing. And then given, you know, the fact that it's tournament, you've got at most five days between games, um, you know, heat, humidity, Orlando, all that fun stuff. You're trying to rotate players. And, you know, I I think RSL and their, to their credit, I think in the second half kind of turned it on a little bit and tried to try to get an equalizer. But at the same time, when you turn it on, you know, that requires energy. And that's where SKC gets that second goal, you know, late. Yeah. Like 85th, 86th minute, something like that. Um, it was a nice goal too. Yeah. It was a great goal. Um, you know, I, I watched that second goal and there's a couple dudes I'm kind of disappointed in, um, you know, on our side, that is, um, I, I think guys were just either wiped or were just like, well, we're through anyway, you know, it is what it is at this point. Screw it. Yeah, and and look, I don't think we should talk too much about that game. One one other thing. So I, yeah, I think we were the better team. We didn't. We we had, we had a lot of chances, but never like a not a lot of clear cut ones. We were always like that one pass short. Uh, so that brings me to Sam Johnson because we and I both advocated for Sam Johnson to play, start the game, and, and play the majority of the game, and he did. But yeah, played first first half. Yes, 
I th- he looked dangerous in my opinion. As far as he looked dangerous on the runs, he looked dangerous when he touched the ball. But he never he was never in a position to actually threaten the goal. It's I uh, compare it to like you know buying a Ferrari Enzo and driving in a school zone all day, right? You can't you can't throttle that thing. You can't you know step on the gas. Um, I was disappointed with our lack of utilization of Sam Johnson in that game. Um, I, so I think part of it is absolutely the service he, he was getting, or to be more accurate, I think the lack of service he was getting, right? Not a lot of creative, like ball playing in going around in the RSLs attacking a third. That being said, he also wasn't making the runs that, you know, he was making last year. Like, I don't know if he maybe got feedback to maybe kind of temper it and slow down and and then you know but that first 45 i can't i didn't see it, this ferrari you're describing i think sam johnson right me neither no, i saw the ferrari in a, in a 20 mile an hour school zone i i think it from what i've seen it was one of sam johnson's worst performances I think some of that absolutely is down to how he was being utilized and, and, you know, maybe how much playing time he's had, but I didn't like when he was subbed at the half, I was like, good. Cause whatever was going on in that first 45 wasn't going to do it. Um, oh, I, yeah, I disagree with you on that. No, he, I, I think our attack became, I don't want to say a lot more dangerous, but did become more dangerous uh, with Douglas Martinez uh, uh, in the second half. And I don't know, maybe guys were just trying harder in the second half. And, and, you know, I don't think it's like an apples to apples comparison. Um, But at no point was I going, man, really wish Sam Johnson was still on the field. Cause yeah, I, I just, I didn't see it, man. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, no, I thought I, it wasn't, evident and obvious uh but i'm not going off of i didn't see i didn't watch him play 45 minutes we have watched him play for a year plus now right um and i think if you have him on the field again back to our discussion from last uh podcast maybe we're the type of team that doesn't need a dedicated player dedicated uh or a dp maybe it's pointless to get these kind of high-paid guys in if we're not going to utilize them correctly I think I know what he's capable of. I've seen him in uh, matches and months, and in this case, year past. I just don't think we were utilizing it well. Having said that, I thought we were better. I thought we had a better first 45 than second 45. What do you think? Um, I, I think we, in the, like, they were just like two very different mentalities. I think first 45 was a little more cautious and, you know, we'll find that, equalizer somewhere along the way and then i think in the second half you have to be a little more willing to take risks i suppose and that maybe that comes off as 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 sloppy um you know i I think overall so i'm looking at it right now i think it's worth remembering that in the entirety of the game we had one shot on target and two blocked shots so you know I, i i think really the question is, isn't did we look better in the second half or the first half? I think is in which half did we look less worse? Because both of those halves were. Yes, as far as, as far as creating chances. And so my last point on, on the last game, because let's move forward uh, in a bit here. And we talked about this again in the last podcast. 
I think we missed Albert Rusniak out there. I don't like to too often agree with the ESPN analysts, but I do in this case. I think we did miss. Sometimes we take for granted some of the things that he does that that look simple, oftentimes look simple, because it's not always the the final pass before the goal opportunity. Sometimes the pass that opens up the runner who then is able to provide the final pass for a goal scoring opportunity. Right. It's uh, a, it's, I it's think what, we missed him out there. We missed his creativity. It's what people refer to as the hockey assist, the assist before right. the assist that scores the goal. Um, y- yeah, it, it's, I, I think, I think looking at, and not even just this last game, but I think if we're going to look at all three games in its entirety, I think it's very obvious where the problem is. We, we, for whatever reason, don't have guys that have that, uh, that killer instinct, that, that fox in the box, whatever you want to call it, um, that can just find the back of the net. Um, I, I think if we're going to be honest, it, it's been a problem all year. Um, you know, we, we play to a tie with New York Red Bulls. We have arguably one of the least entertaining games of soccer I've ever seen in our season opener down in Orlando. You know, COVID comes and, you know, we have this long stretch of, of nothing. <laughs> and then MLS's back is back. And, you know, I think if we're going to be honest, we, we put two goals away against the Colorado side that I think was more hype than actual talent if you – you know, followed the rest of their games. I, I don't think that that's, I, I think people ended up giving them a lot of credit for how they ended last year and, uh-huh. you know, not necessarily what they were this year. Um, so, you know, I, I, and I think even in that game, one of those was, if we're going to be totally honest with ourselves, a lucky deflection that right. helps us find the back of the net. And then we go scoreless against Minnesota and we go scoreless against SKC. The rest, you know, we, we have a good defense. We have a very strong midfield. But, you know, I, I, I don't think Rushnak changes that in this SKC game. Um, you know, I, I think if you're relying on your attacking midfielder to find those, and don't get me wrong, I understand that, you know, he is the attacking midfielder, so it's his job to kind of find those opportunities. I, I don't know how much he changes the outcome of that game. I really don't. Mm, I disagree. I think, and again, it all it depends on a million different factors. The the 9 a.m. kickoff Eastern time did have an impact. So you'd be looking at a Rushnak that started the game at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Secondly, you know, it's the Florida humidities. Thirdly, it's not a lot of time off. Um, let's just say he wasn't injured, right? So there wouldn't be a lot of time off. So there are, again, a lot of X factors. But I do this. I, I disagree. In a vacuum, I think in a just standard games process of a game, I think he does change it because that's what was missing a lot of the time. There's also something to be said about the fact that he does have a good, decent shot that he can hit him from pretty far out. So now you have to pull, push up and guard him. Now there's more room behind the lines to slip the ball in. Um, again, he hasn't played lights out this year so far, including the tournament and prior to the tournament. But at the same time, I do. Th- I think he was missing. I, th- I think in a game like that, where again, I think I'm, I've said, I think what nine times now. So, preface and, and recap everything with this is my opinion. In a game like that, where we were, in my opinion, the better team, we were missing a little bit of class, 
a little bit of crispness up front. I think he he could or could have potentially played a drastic impact on this game. Okay, so I'm I'm going to read off a couple names to you, and and then I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Corey Baird, mm-hmm. Justin Miram, okay. Demir Krylock, Sam Johnson, Douglas Martinez, Giuseppe Rossi, Jason Ramirez. All of those names have at one point or another found the back of the net. There, there are, I mean, Justin Miram alone, you know, made his career at Columbus being a dedicated, mm-hmm. uh, a designated player and, and, and finding the back of the net consistently. Demir Krylak, you know, has bailed us out more times than I can recall. Reading those names, there is enough talent there that the goal should be there, like like Sans Albert. It, mm-hmm. It's there are there are enough guys here, you know. Like it like reading off of that list of names, something feels wrong with our inability to score. Well, I think this, soccer is not a game of quality, quantity always. Sometimes it's a matter of quality. I mean, look at Atlanta. You know, losing Martinez. They haven't scored a goal in three games. Worst performing team in that tournament. Tell me that wouldn't have been a good payday if you had put some money on that line in Vegas. That Atlanta, A, doesn't make it out of the group. B, doesn't even score a goal in all three games that they play. A single player can make a big impact, especially in that position. Remember, we talked again last uh, podcast about Javi Moe. Right. I mean, I'm not saying uh, that Albert is Javi Moe in any, by any stretch of the imagination, at least when it comes to the impact on the play of RSL. But it's, it's quality. In that position especially, it's quality. It's not quantity. All those players you just listed off, half of them are on, you know, in the la- latter parts of their careers. We just didn't... I don't think it's even a problem of putting the ball away. It's a problem of creating the chances. You don't need a Sam Johnson as a wasted talent on that field if you're not creating the chances. Right, sure. If if he's got nothing to put away, you can't fault him for not putting it away. Exactly. Absolutely. And Albert Ruschnack is a specialist in helping create those chances. Yes, sometimes they're the hockey assists. Sometimes they're assists. Sometimes they're the assist to the hockey assist. It's just a matter of opening up the game. I think they just call that passing. (laughs) <laughs> but um, it, it, let's just call them a, a key pass. Sure. Sometimes it's a key pass. I mean, that, that is a metric that, you know, yeah. they track. We should, we'll have to pull that up. Um, I will just, you know, just because you brought them up, I will point out that I did not have Atlanta making it out of their groups. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'll be honest. I didn't see them losing every single game, but that team without, you know, their main man is, is a disaster. I, I, I did absolutely call that. Like they are built around him finding the back of the net. And when he is not there, they will not find the back of the net. So and prove called it. it. Prove it. Oh, prove I'll, it. dude, I'll, I'll pull up the thing right now. Don't, no, don't, you're not pulling anything up right now. Let's don't threaten me. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get my bracket going right now. Yeah. All right. So should we move on to the next game? Because I think all things considered, the way mm-hmm. it worked out, we got a pretty good draw. I do want to ask you one thing. Mm-hmm. So we saw 
you know, for the first time, I think in the tournament and, you know, really all year extent, I don't want to even say extend the minutes. I think it was something like 15 minutes total of Jason Ramirez, the young DP from Venezuela. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Not much. Yeah. I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't think much. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not sure if it was because of where the game was at that point or something else. I, I don't remember him doing much. Maybe I missed it. Again, it's early and I'm already depressed and I'm also, you know, multitasking but actually working at the same time. But nothing he did, I mean, nothing stood out to me. Let's say it that way. Did I miss something? No, no. It's just, uh, you know, you and I spent a good portion of uh, the podcast before the game talking about, you know, how we most likely won't see any DPs and, you know, Sam Johnson was a starter and Jason Ramirez was a, you know, it's almost like Freddie heard the podcast and was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to prove these guys wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Not, not the kind of impact that I thought he would make. And, but then, you know, it is his first action in a very long time. Right. With a brand new team right. in really weird circumstances. I would not judge anyone on, on just on that just yet. Right. right. Because, we have judged, I think, too many people too quickly for better and worse. I mean, that's kind past. of what we do here. That's kind of what we do. You're right. I would, I would, I want to see the kid play a good thirty plus minutes in a game uh, before you know we can actually. I can sure. feel good about giving him my two cents because let's face it, that is what the RSL front office and coaching staff is really waiting to hear is is my two cents on these guys. There it is. Okay, I know I said last question, but I have one more. Yeah. So for the second game in a row, uh, Pablo Ruiz has kind of been the next man up in that defensive midfield. So, you know, I think starting ideal conditions, Everton, Kyle Beckerman. But Mm -hmm. historically, you know, we've got our boy Nick Beasler filling in for Kyle Beckerman or, you know, once – once the inevitable happens in Everton, you know, gets his yellow card accumulation penalty or just the right. straight out red. Uh, Nick Beasler has been the one typically to fill in. It looks like Freddie, you know, has been preferring Pablo Ruiz lately. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you what I think. And I know I'm in the minority of RSL Nation here. I think he is a large part of that second goal that SKC scored is on him. Like, like pretty squarely on his shoulders. The only reason that Toya is a one-on-one situation with uh, uh, Gerso is because Pablo Ruiz quit on that play. Yeah, I mean, look, that is the primary responsibility of that position. You're the defensive line before the defensive line has to step in. So that the def- actual defensive line is the last line of defense, I mean, by definition, right? Uh, I don't know why Freddie's doing it. I, we have had many questions over the last, how, when did he take over? Almost a year, about a year ago, right? Um, around Freddie's substitution patterns, in some cases, lineup patterns, etc. He might be one of those coaches that just literally looks at who tried hardest in, in practice over the last couple of days. Maybe that's what it is. Is that the right approach? I don't know. I've never been a head coach in my life. As a spectator i would hope that it's not just a matter of who ran harder and hustled harder in practice over the last couple of days but you have to take into consideration their entire body of work right 
So that, that's what I'm getting from. That's that's the feeling I'm getting from him. I I personally feel a lot more comfortable with Nick Beasler get, being in that position, and that's a new thing for me. Right. I think that started late last year for me. Um, don't want to say late, maybe second half of last year, because he was he was not the most stable guy season before last. He was getting a lot more limited minutes than last year, and even early last year he was not the most stable. He was not the picture of stability back there, so it took me. It took a little bit of time for me to to trust him playing that position again. But having said that, now if if I see Beasler starting, I mean, depending on who has to sit out, if it's Everton that's sitting out, then it's not good. Right. But if I see Beasler starting, and you know, because Kyle is well old, mm-hmm. I'm not devastated. Y- yeah, yeah, for sure. I would I would agree with that sentiment, and I think you 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 and I are seeing. Eye to eye on that, which is probably indicative of bad news. <laughs> Usually is. Right. Okay. That was the last thing I want to talk about the SKC game. Let's move on. So you you already, you know, brought it up. I I think the group game, the group stage games, super fun, super exciting, good to see everyone back, what kind of state they're in. But I think the real fun begins now. Uh single single game elimination. You know, no ties, winner take all. Um, historically, MLS games tend to be a lot of fun under those circumstances. Um, and I think you alluded to this a little bit. RSL got, you know, probably as favorable of a of a you know outcome as they could have hoped for. Well, I mean, what what were the other options? We Columbus, I think, realistically. Col- well, no, there were only three options we could have drawn from. So yeah, it would have been it would have been like high percentages was Quakes or Columbus, mm-hmm. and I think mathematically there was a possibility at one point that it was going to be uh, Orlando, but because another game ended a certain way, yeah, it, it that by the by the time our game actually kicked off, that was really no longer an option. Yeah. And I would say between Columbus and San Jose, I would much rather face San Jose. I would agree. Than, than Columbus. Not just, just because of their recent form. And by recent form, I mean two of the last three games that they've played. But also, I mean, they have some good new names up there. Um, and they're just... they have. A, it's almost like they have a second lease on life since uh, they, the decision was made to keep them in Columbus. I think they're building a new stadium or something. I can't right. remember. I know something was pro- let's rephrase. I know they were promised a new stadium in downtown Columbus. Um, so no, I think uh, San Jose, and I know you have some statistics around us in San Jose historically. We got pretty lucky drawing San Jose, even though, like I said, two of the last three games, man, they they played well. Didn't they score four goals in one game? Yeah, that was that was an insane but game. In the, in the same game, they gave up three. Right, right. Probably and, objectively speaking, the funnest game to watch in this whole tournament. Um, for so sure. yeah, I'm, I don't mind the draw at all. Yeah, I, so I, I couldn't help but also go on their social media and Reddit and stuff. Their fans are saying the exact same thing. Like, you know, between yeah. Minnesota and us, they would have picked us. Um, oh, that's stupid. Minnesota is missing some key players. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, I think if I'm the head coach and I got to pick a team to play, I, I think I'd, I'd pick RSL. Um, did you well did you see Minnesota, Colorado? Yeah, yeah, that was uh Colorado's best game in yeah, the tournament. 
That was wild. Didn't didn't count for much, but yeah, yeah playing for pride. Um, so uh, just a quick recap for RSL Nation in case they haven't been following San Jose or the page for that matter. They opened up their MLS's back tournament with a good old-fashioned 0-0 tie against the Seattle Flounders. Um, and then probably the most interesting game uh, of theirs was against the Vancouver Whitecaps, where they ended up winning like 4-3 in like very, very late stoppage time. Um, and they were losing that game, but I think like two goals for most of those 90 minutes. Um, and then they closed out with a good old-fashioned win against Chicago Fire by a scoreline of 2-0. Now that I think about it, when, when you list those teams off back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, Seattle is crap right now. They didn't, they didn't even make it out, did they? They finished they, they, bottom they, they, No, they're, they're out. They're, they're through, I, they're through I've been to say. They're playing LAFC. You sh- no, that, are you sure? 100%. Huh, Seattle okay. Sounders are playing LAFC. Okay. Uh, who is it then that, that crapped the bed real badly? Um, and uh, Vancouver, I think, made it through. Yep, they, were they like, did, but skin uh, of their teeth. They, was... they were 101 dogs to make it out. Um, and then who was the, the last opponent? Oh, Chicago Fire. Chicago, Chicago Fire, Fire, I think, are still pretty crap. Uh, they're the bottom of the group. I think they ended up with zero points in that group. Um, now that you you kind of run them back, I don't know. I know. Th- 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 I think everyone's talking about them because of that four three, incredible four three game. Yeah, for sure. I, I but I think they're beatable. Um, no, I think they're beyond beatable. I, I think I think it's a good draw for us. It is a pretty good overall draw for us. Here's my worry, Wando. Man, yeah. that dude has our number. Yeah, and. You know, normally I would say, you know, he's, I think, in his late 30s at this point. I think he's, like, literally 36 or 37. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, hope that we that'll kind of alleviate some of the risk. But I think he's been averaging something like 20 to 30 minutes for these guys. Um, so having Chris Wondolowski as a very late bench option, I think makes him more dangerous. Because, yes. you know, the, the one thing that you had against them was, well, make him run, make him chase the game, make him defend, tire him out. But now the guy knows he's not going to play more than 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, he, he, you can kind of save those legs. And then if, you're, if you need a goal at the end, have him chase, uh, chase the game. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. It's, and not just that, but now you're bringing him on when a lot of the defense, the opponent defense is, is tired. I think overall, again, it's a good draw. Um, I give, I, I see, I see us having good chances. Let's talk about our lineup. What, what are you, what are you expecting to see from our side? I have no idea anymore, honestly. I, I don't know what RSL starting eleven looks like anymore. I know uh, Everton's going to play. That's about it. Yeah, Everton, Everton as defensive midfielder. Um, did not think I would say this. Uh, this at this stage of the year, Zach McMath in goal. Um, the dude's been a revelation as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he's consistent. I think he's getting to a lot of balls that, you know, he doesn't necessarily, that I didn't expect. Yeah, he's He's, good. He's he's not having Nick Romando type of, I think I remember one Nick Romando-esque save in this whole tournament. Right. He's just solid. Yeah. He's all goes his way and I'm not overly worried. For sure. Um, I I would, I would go so far as say like very comfortable distributing the ball. Um, So all kinds of fun stuff there. Um, Toya Herrera, 
Yeah, yeah. It's got to be Herrera. It's got to be Toya. It's got to be, I think, Glad and M. Silva. Um, you know. I hope so. I hope I, it's Silva back. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, you know, no no disrespect to uh, to Eric Holt, but um, – and not to say that he even had, like, a bad game. It's just, I don't know, that security that comes with M. Not Silva. the same level, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um you know, Kyle Beckerman did go just over an hour against uh, SKC. No, I think he's got to start. He's got to start. You think? So? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a must-win game. So I think yeah. not having Kyle Beckerman would be insane. So Kyle Everton, hope no news yet on uh, on Rushnak. But you know, while I don't, while I wasn't singing his praises as much as you were, I'm hoping he's obviously back. Um, Demir. I don't know. Maybe Jason goes something closer to 90 minutes just to see what the kids got. And Corey Baird, you know, I think kill him with pace. Um, or, you know, run, run at that San Jose defense. And cause, cause if there's, if there's one thing I've, I've noticed about San Jose, it's they will concede goals. I, I think right. you don't have to be a particularly amazing attack to make these guys, you know, hurt. It's just RSL has, in my opinion, a very bad attack. Um, So, you know, I think the question is, can we punish these guys early enough to, you know, let our defense do its job? Um, And that's, that's, that's my primary concern. Because if this thing goes to PKs, it's anyone's ball game. Who do you think? Let me ask you this question. Starting with the tournament. So three games down, Mm -hmm. we, we knew, Everton, I think Everton's still our MVP, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, but we knew that coming into the tournament, so there's no big revelation. Right. Uh, I think we knew McMath was going to be good. I didn't, I'll be honest. Oh, I did. He's got a track record, a long track record. Uh, so say all the players, who, who, who has so far surprised you, either with improvement from last season or you didn't expect something on the RSL team? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I think Aaron Herrera has, I, I think he finished off last year. Very, very good. I, you know, cause once, once they got him in his right position, right. Um, you know, stopped moving him on the other side of the field where he was clearly uncomfortable. Um, once he was in the right position consistently, I thought he was good. I think whatever's happened between now and this tournament has taken him to the elite level for that position. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I oh, think Aaron, the next level at least. Yeah, for sure. Aaron Herrera went from good to great, in my opinion. Um, you know, dangerous in the attack, very physical. I, I would say his growth has been pretty outstanding, and I think having him, you know, back there defensively is is amazing. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a good one. That I can't disagree with that one. The other, the only other one, the other one for me is Corey Baird. I think yeah. the long long time listeners of ours will know that I'm not a I was not a Corey Baird fan for sure last year and or the year before. I never knew what the coaches saw in him. We all knew he was fast, right? We knew all we all knew he was very direct. I thought in many many instances he did not have the skill set to get himself out of positions or out of situations where out of which someone like a Plata in that case right. would have easily gotten himself out of. Uh, so as a result, as a result, as a matter of comparison, I was never a huge fan of his. 
he has absolutely, I mean, yeah, he's, he is a, he's a no brainer starter for me right now. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Almost every time he started last year and, and just Herrera seems to be a lot more solid. And honestly, even Toya seems a lot better. He's not on Herrera's level. No, yet, no. I, I think a lot more solid than last year. I, w- I would agree with that. I think um, my chief complaint with Toya and it's, it's probably one I will have for as long as he's here with us. I always thought he was defensively good, defensively sound, but the way RSL plays, it's you also need to bring some attack in that position. And I always thought his, you know, balls in and his crosses and his, you know, his ability to generate attacking opportunities was always the weakest part of his game. Uh, And I don't think I've seen that change yet versus Herrera, who I, I think does both the attack and defense Super, uh, superbly. Just I think Toya gets that next year because that was I. I know that's always been a part of our game, and I think we went as far as to identify that that's the number one spot we need uh, to improve in, right? Uh, in the off season, but I would say it was less because we wanted more offensive um, powers there. I was just not feeling confident or comfortable when they were coming at him with the ball. Now I do see him up front. Right. I mean, oftentimes, just look to the left side, you will see him making runs up front. But you're right. Uh, the quality of the ball in is not always there. Right. It's not right. always there. And, and I think opponents know that he's not a shooting threat. Um, and it just takes away one more option. And right. sometimes you can create and set up the entire offensive or attacking play. <clears throat> if that ball in is no good, yeah, you just sure. wasted all that time. For sure. Um and I think to go back to your original question, uh, a guy I think that has kind of fallen off, and it's crazy to say this out loud, but I think uh, I think the COVID break or the COVID you know freeze is what you want to call it has not been particularly kind to Rossi. Um, oh yeah, I think he like I remember the first two games of the season. You know, I think he had some junk minutes in that uh, New York game, and you know. I remember him having some good passes and, you know, being very creative in the attack. And, you know, I was, I was genuinely excited, like, Hey, maybe we can get this guy, you know, 45 minutes, get him a half and, and just see what he can do. Um, and now with MLS is back, I feel like he's had a few, like one, two very cool moments, but overall a liability and in, in on, on ball control, just, he gets the ball taken, I think too easily. You know, I, I'm, what I'm expecting from him, um, uh, two or three opportunities throughout the season where he get he can make magic happen. Um, one of the analysts called it very well um, during that first game when he tried to go past somebody and they just easily took the ball away from him because he tried to juke him, right? Uh, but it was juking like in slow-mo, basically. And he said, Giuseppe Rossi is one of those players where or who – Historically speaking, um, historically speaking, he has been a player who relies very, <laughs> very heavily or very much on his speed and his quickness. If you look at his track record through some of the major, major leagues and some of the major clubs within those major leagues in Europe, that was always his MO. His MO was... He's skillful, yes. He's smart, yes. 
but he's able to utilize his skill and get past players and juke players and get around players in large part because he has always been fast and he's been more importantly very quick and i'll mention to you one more guy for the last two years we have been talking about justin glad needing to take that next step because it wasn't that long ago i want to say three years ago when they started calling him into the u.s men's national team camp right he was going playing with some of the juniors out there they were calling him into some of the the uh, a-team camps I totally and fully was convinced that he is the next Nat Borchers for us, basically. I want to say Olave, but we all knew he was never going to get as strong as Olave or as big as Olave or, you know, just be as physically imposing as Olave. And for the past two years, so I remember going into last year thinking, all right, this kid, one more year, this is when he sets himself apart. This is when he becomes a no-brainer um, man's national team selection, you know, a couple of years away from starting, maybe, you know, being one of the best defenders in the league across the board. And for two years now, he's been sitting in that spot. I keep expecting and waiting for him to take that next step. And I know you are as well. I know a lot of people are as well. Right. He's solid. I'm still not seeing it. It's scaring me a little bit. We, we talking Jay Glad here? Yes, sir. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, you know, I, I, I think specifically with the national team at that position, I think he's got some, you know, he's got some competition, fortunately. Um, I do, I feel like Justin Glad has become a more vocal, you know, leader in, in that on that back line. I, I think he can organize it a little better. I, I think he's a little more sure of himself. Um, I, I do think he still has quite a bit of ceiling left to go. And, you know, I'm very, very excited to see where that ends up taking him. Um, but yeah, when I found out that Nedum wasn't going to, uh, to be playing at the, in the MLS's back tournament, I was like, well, there goes our defense, you know? And, yeah. and, I think just seeing how good of a partnership uh, Justin Glad and M Silva, and some of that is is honestly on M Silva too. Like the dudes, the dudes played really well. But you know, I, I would say Justin Glad looked just as good next to Eric Holt as he did to M Silva. Right. And um, yeah, it, it's the kid's got some. He's he's got some room left to grow, but he is definitely somebody that I'm like guaranteed starter. You know, very comfortable. Um, I, I well, don't that's get, what I, yeah, go ahead. I don't get nervous with him back there. I get less nervous than I did before. I think he has not reached the ceiling. I think his ceiling in my mind is dropping a little bit lower than it was before. Still plenty to go. Also remembering he's, he is still pretty young and you don't need to be the biggest speedster in that position to be good for a long time. Again, Nate Borcher, right? Nat Borcher, right? Remember him. So, anyways, there's that. Uh, I do I, feel bad. I, I think he is good enough and plenty good and very serviceable for to be a starter on RSL, to be a starter on, on many MLS teams, but especially RSL. I was just, for some reason, hoping that he is the next big talent in U.S. men's national team, right? The next big export, 
um, I was thinking uh, Mertesacker, the former um, Arsenal defender. Like he struck me like him, not just because he looks similar and has the similar build, but I always thought he kind of started reminding me of him a little bit in his early st- in his early days. Obviously, a little bit different levels here. We're talking about an Arsenal player who also plays right. for the German national team, right? Right. Um, but Versus, still, I, I think his ceiling is still high enough, but not as high as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I think Justin, it'll be either Justin Glad or Aaron Herrera that are the next RSL, you know, RSL cell. Um, where, well, where if, we, if, if Herrera can continue his development over the next couple of years, the way he has been doing the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, for sure going to, you know, Mexico, South America, or Europe, like, yeah. like easily, um, which I think is, uh, you know, is, is good for the organization. Um, yeah, can't disagree. What else do we get on this game before so look, we wrap it up? Looking at the good old 538, it's a statistical website that does, you know, all kinds of predictions, including MLS soccer games. And uh, since there is no tie option for these knockout games in the round of 16, San Jose and Real Salt Lake, the odds, literally 50-50. No kidding. Okay. It, yeah. Um, so... We'll see. So we could go for a knockout round. I mean, uh, penalties. I I try not to predict penalties because it happens so rarely. I think this is going to penalties. I honestly believe that. Yeah, um, I disagree. Even though I brought it up, I think judging by the game San Jose has played so far, at least that one I really watched in detail. I think they're shaky enough on defense where we can put away some goals. I also think they have a potent enough offense against our defense. That means they will score some. I'm predicting a pretty fun, high-scoring game. And the only way it goes into penalties is if it's, if it's like a 3-3. And I wouldn't dare predict that. That's stupid. Yeah, I don't foresee a 1-1 penalty shootout is what I'm saying. Because you never say anything stupid. Pretty much. Um I, I don't know, man. I, I think we have two teams that are very evenly matched. Um, I, I think they're offensively good, but I also think that they have faced teams that are like defensively weak. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at the uh, you know, two goals against Chicago, you look at Vancouver. Um, when they played Seattle, who are, I think, the first team that actually have a good organized defense, it went scoreless. Um, I, I don't think they have the ability really to punish us uh, you know, knock on wood. But I also don't think we have the ability to punish them. Like, we don't seem to be able to find goals. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be a very uh, high-scoring affair. Um, I hope you're wrong. So what's your score prediction? Honestly, 0-0. Zero, 0-0 zero. Zero, zero going to penalties, is yep. what you're saying. Yep, and then flip a coin because yep. that's all penalties are. Yeah. Yeah, can't. I mean, I can see that happening, but I don't think it will. I'm thinking, I was halfway kidding with 3 3, but 3 3 wouldn't shock me. I'm thinking a 2 2. And I do think we get a winner in, in overtime. Are we still playing overtime? I can't even remember what the rules are. Yeah, I, I think they go 90 the and then time, 15. 15. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But don't quote I, me on that. I, I can see something like that happening. I would also, I'll go for extra credit. I'll give you my, the, the big X factor in my mind is whether Rushniak plays. Right. Um, if Rushniak plays, all of that can be impacted heavily. I think uh, we have seen in the last game. Now, here's the X factor to the X factor. Last game was the first game in a while that mattered much that 
you know, which we played without Albert. At the same time, uh, we realized that sometimes someone's absence in a game is actually more noticeable than if they were there. So we didn't have a long notice to know that he wasn't going to play. So if we, if let's say they know Albert is not playing tomorrow, that sets up the preparation differently. So it could be a different game. Um, so I'm predicting a 2-2 with us winning in overtime. Okay. So 3-2 then. There you go. I didn't say how many goals we scored in overtime. Fair enough. I'm saying 2-2 regulation. We win in overtime. Okay. Yeah. It, it's uh, time will tell. Um, I do think, yeah, Rushnak and this whole thing is going to be key. Um, yeah. We'll, we, we'll, we'll find out Monday, Monday evening. Um, fortunately, between now and then, we've got Orlando, Montreal, Philadelphia, New England, and that is all happening today. And then uh, we've got Toronto FC versus NYC FC on Sunday and uh, Sporting KC playing Vancouver as well. Uh, oh, I'd love for Vancouver. Okay, so I think KC probably got the easiest draw then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think Vancouver is, uh, is going to be a pushover for them. Yeah, agreed. All right, I think it's time to wrap it up, man. That, there it is, uh, Arsenal Nation. We will be in touch with you uh, next week, depending on how this thing goes, and uh, we'll take it from there, as they say. Well, time will tell how, how it goes. Adios, amigos and amigas.